Wow. That's who we are at Elevation. We just want to fully connect people, all people, all people to Christ, his community, and his cause. And I believe as we do that, we're going to continue to see people like you and me in our community and our surrounding communities to experience real life change. Do you want that for yourselves, your families, and for your community? Yeah. It's okay to put your hands together. That's pretty exciting stuff. And so we want to make a place. We know during Easter weekend, we get a lot of guests. And so if you're uh, visiting here, I just want to extend a special uh, welcome and happy Easter to you. My name's Phil Nelson. I'm one of the pastors. I don't know if I did say that in the beginning. Um, but uh, we, we just want to welcome you. We want to connect you. We want to get to know your story. Maybe you already have a church home. We just con- encourage you to get fully connected wherever God leads you and your family. Uh, something that we're starting new is called Get to Know Us, Meet and Greet. We're going to do this next Sunday in the lobby. We're going we're gonna to have a, a, a room pipe and draped off, and it's really for anyone who's new to ECC or has questions about getting involved and getting connected. Uh, we're going to share who we are in just a very laid-back way. You're going to get to meet our leaders and our staff and ask any questions that you may have. So if you're visiting, you're new here, or you just want to get more information about who we are, please come back next Sunday after our service at 10 a.m., and uh, we'd love to meet you. We'll have coffee and some, uh, some desserts there, and uh, we look forward to meeting uh, with you. Happy Easter, everybody. Are you all ready for Easter Sunday? Yeah. Woo! You know, I, besides the spiritual meaning of Easter, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but I love Easter because it's in spring. And what that means is it gives us an indicator that something great is coming. I love spring when, even though my allergies go crazy, I love when the days get warmer and the sun seems to shine a whole lot brighter. And then we start to see fruit. We start to see a byproduct of the warmth and the sun. And we start to see these flowers and vegetation and God's creation just start to come alive. And so <laughs> you also see your coworkers and your neighbors, some reason during winter, they're all grumpy and crabby, right? And all of a sudden, just the neighborhood comes alive and everyone's in good spirits or at least hopefully for a while. And everything around us just seems to come alive. And you know, one of my greatest, my favorite movies is The Greatest Showman. Anyone see that movie? Yeah, you know, it doesn't talk about the Easter message necessarily. But what I love about it, there's a song in it that says, come alive. Actually, the title of the song is Come Alive. And what's so amazing to me is the power of the lyrics. And I want you to hear it in light of the Easter message. It's so amazing. Now, they're not talking about the resurrection, but they really could be. But they're talking about something dead becoming alive. And so in light of that, I want to read the lyrics to you and see if it makes any sense to you at all. Kids, if you've seen The Greatest Showman, you might be able to recognize these lyrics in the song called Come Alive. He says this, got your head hung low, your skies turned to gray. Like a zombie in a maze. Have you ever felt like that? That's so descriptive. 
zombie in a maze, you're asleep inside, but you can shake away. Have you ever felt asleep inside? Have you ever felt like you're just going through the motions? Have you ever felt like you have a heartbeat, but everything else has gone quiet and still? It says, but you can flip the switch and brighten up your darkest day. The sun is up and the color's blinding. Take the world and redefine it. Leave behind your narrow mind. You'll never be the same. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. And that is the theme of Easter. It's for us to come alive because he who conquered death, sin, hell, and the grave is alive. And because of that, we can be alive. And there's a little discrepancy in these lyrics, just a little bit. And I think if Jesus were to change those lyrics, it would say not you can flip the switch. See, we can't flip the switch of our dead spirits because of sin. But Jesus, he who has the power that raised Jesus from the dead has the power to flip that switch in all of us and change our lives, not just now, but for all of eternity. I wanna share a scripture with you and then I'm gonna need some young volunteers to come help. So if you're interested in a nice Easter gift from Pastor Phil, you might wanna listen to this and kind of sit up straight and be ready to maybe come on up stage. So here's first Peter one to three. It says this, talk about coming alive. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Can all of you, young and old, say living hope? hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We all, in our sin, have been or are walking zombies, the walking dead. But today, there is hope in the resurrection that we ourselves can have living hope. And it's not just for day to today. It is for forevermore. That's what really matters when this body and this cavity decays and is no more. Our spirits will live on. And who we choose to be Lord of our life will matter for all of eternity. And so to better illustrate this, I want to bring uh, the illustration of the resurrection eggs that we handed out as a free gift uh, to two families this morning. And like I said, I'm going to need some volunteers. Are there anybody out here? Can we bring some house lights up? Anybody out here? Come on, Caleb. Anybody out here? Yes, young lady. Would like to um, anymore? Um, yes, Sturkey, young girl. Who else here? Young boy. Yep. Yeah, is that Will? Okay. Nora, would you come on up? How many do we have? We need a couple more. And adults, it's okay if you want an Easter gift as well. Um, you can come up with your kids. Um, young boy, come on up. Anyone else? You want to go, buddy? 
Come on up. Come on up. You didn't bring your guitar today. Come on. Okay, how many we got? Got seven? Perfect. All right. Can you guys, can, I, can a couple of you come over here? One, two, three. Perfect. All right. And then you guys come on over here. Come on up on stage. You all look awesome. Are you ready for Easter? Okay, so you guys are going to help me tell a story, okay? And so I'm going to call on each of you at a different time to help, you, help me open up an egg. And we're going to share with everybody what's in that egg and what is so special about what's in the egg and what it means for us today. Can you kids say with me, say, come alive, come alive. That's what this illustration is all about. So, Will, how are you, buddy? You look dapper, my son. Well, you're not my son, but you know. Um, Can you take that blue egg and can you crack it open? And can you tell everybody what's in there? It's your dad. Oh, no, I'm kidding. What is it? A donkey. (laughs) He's our youth director. It's okay. This was not planned, but sure was awesome. (laughs) All right. Can you do me a favor and uh, step on back? And uh, he's a a cop. I'm in trouble. But uh, there's a scripture, uh, Will, that talks about this. And uh, it says this, the crowds... What's happening here, where the donkey comes into play, is Jesus is getting ready to enter into Jerusalem where he's going to die for us. And so he is starting to enter in to basically say, this is my plan. And everyone else who is hoping that Jesus is the Messiah, what they're doing is they're thinking that he's going to come in with great power and great authority and take out the Romans and just obliterate and take out all the evil and bring Jerusalem back to what God intended. And so they're thinking this mighty king is going to come in with such power. And you know what kings in that day, you know what animal they would ride? Not, no, actually kings, a horse. A horse, not a donkey, a horse showed power. Horse was a sign of war and victory. A horse was a sign of authority and great strength. And you know what he came in on? A donkey. And you know what a donkey symbolizes? Humility, meekness, and peace. So Jesus is telling us all as he is coming to declare his kingdom and set up his kingdom that he's not coming in power and destruction yet. He's coming with peace. And that leads us to the next egg. So young lady, can we uh, grab the pink egg? And can we open it and see if Jeff is there again? Nope, Jeff's not there. What is it? Can you, can you pour it in my hand here? These are silver coins. Would you know, perchance, what these silver coins mean? Well, you see, these have Jewish symbols on them. And one of Jesus' disciples, named Judas, decided that he wanted to turn in Jesus for some money. And we don't know necessarily the reasons that drove him to do that, but he went to the priest and he said, I will give you Jesus. How much will you give me? Uh, how, How much will you give me for him? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver for him to lead the Roman guards and the Pharisees to Jesus. 30 pieces of silver. 
you think, how unfair is that? How crazy is that? But you see, we have a sovereign God that is using all the schemes and the evil of this world for his great plans. So 30 pieces of silver did not set back our Lord. He used it for his glory. And so now it leads us to the next cup. Would you mind reaching in and get that light light purple, not cup, excuse me, egg, and pull out the cup. Awesome. Can you put that in my hand? And you see, what's your name? Sadie. Sadie. You see, this cup represents the Passover cup that had wine in it, and it represented God redeeming his people. And you see, in Egypt, a long, long, long time ago, God's people, Israel, were in bondage to Egypt. And God wanted to set his people free. And so what he did is he says, I want you to find a blameless, spotless, perfect lamb, and I want you to sacrifice it. And then I want you to take the blood and put it over the doorpost of your houses so that when the spirit of death comes in, the angel of death comes in, your children will be saved. And what this represents at the Passover, Jesus takes it, and it represents God's salvation. But Jesus then tells his disciples, he says, this is going to be my blood that is going to save you and forgive all of your sins. And so what he's setting up right here is that he's going to shed his blood for us, for our sin. How cool is that? That leads us to the next egg. Would you come right here, young lady? Could you grab this and can you open this? And can you put that in my hands? You see, after the Lord's Supper, after the upper room, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus prayed. And he prayed so intensively and he asked God to take what was coming away from him. But then he said, your will be done. Your will be done. And he was in such agony that he actually had sweat dropping, dripping from his head that were in the form of blood to let us know that he knew what he was going to do for us. And the next egg, Caleb, would you open that? And would you put that in my hand? The next egg is a whip. And this is one of the first beatings that Jesus got after he was discovered or uh, after he was declared uh, guilty and crucified to go get crucified. The Romans actually whipped the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a G-rated sermon, so I will keep it as that. And he took the stripes off of the whip. He took the stripes on the back, and the scripture says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. And now, Nora, would you grab this ache? And would you put that, take that? What is that? What do you think that is? It is a rooster. Do you know what a rooster meant for, um, for this story that we're telling? Did you, did you hear about um, when Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him, that he even knew him? And Peter said, no, Lord, I would never do that. Well, when Jesus was being judged and mocked and ridiculed by the priest... Peter was out by, outside in the courts by a campfire and many people recognized him and he denied Jesus. He denied that he knew Jesus. And so what Jesus said came true and a rooster crowed 
And Peter left and ran and was so discouraged that what he said he would never do came to pass. Have you ever been there? I have. Let's go to the next egg. Who's left? Who's left? What's your name? What's that? What's that? Grayson. Can you open that for me, buddy? This is a crown of thorns that they placed on Jesus' head. You see, thorns were never part of creation. It wasn't until sin came into the picture where thorns came in. And thorns represented the curse of sin. And that curse of sin was made into a crown to mock our Savior. But what he was doing was he was taking our sin and putting it on himself. And can you open this egg for me, sir? And now, after they had beaten him and put the crown of thorns on his head, he had to walk and carry the cross. And he was nailed to the cross for you and me. He was pierced for our sin because he loves us. And he took your place and he took my place. Now let's take this last ache. Can you put that in my hand? As you can see, this is a spear. And what they did at the end, instead of breaking the bones in his body, and I'll keep it as that, they put a spear in his side to make sure he was dead. And blood and water flowed from his side. What I think is amazing about that is the blood that Jesus shed cleanses just like water. Cleanses and purifies anybody who repents of their sin and ask for forgiveness. That's the power of the cross. The next egg here is a piece of cloth, and this is what they used. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a follower of Jesus Christ, and they wrapped him in linen and burial spices, and they put him in a tomb. And then the last thing, could you pull that out? Is a stone. This was a gigantic heavy stone that no, not one man could roll away. What's that? It surrounded him overall. Yeah, and it blocked anyone from getting to them. They even had Roman guards guarding the tomb. And here's the incredible thing. Is on that morning, the scripture says, there was a great earthquake. And there was an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. You see, if that story ended there, we wouldn't be here today. We would all be hopeless. We would all have one destination. And that is hell. Separation from God because of sin. But who wants to open this special egg because there is something absolutely incredible inside of it. Nora, open it. Now put it in my hands. What? It's not in there? But there's something really cool in there. Can you put it in my hands? Oh, wait. It's because he's not in there anymore. It's because he's not in the tomb. The power of God rose Jesus from the dead. It says this, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus in here, but he's not in here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Then they went and quickly and went and 
and, and went to go tell the disciples that Jesus was alive. And that changes everything, isn't it? Can we give all of our kids a round of applause? And go ahead. Here is a little Easter gift for you. Awesome. The best part of it, chocolate cross. Nothing like commercializing the cross at Easter time, but you enjoy it. Hey, can I have those eggs back? I need it for second service. Is that okay? (laughs) Any other eggs? Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So what about that white egg for you? Is it empty or is it filled with all the things that represent death to you. I know for me, before God opened my eyes to his life-saving grace, that egg was filled with unmet, unmet promises and unrealistic expectations. And every Easter I would come to Resurrection Sunday and open that egg and there would never be a good message to it. Because after the resurrection message, I would go home empty inside without the resurrection power living inside of me. And I know that that illustration was directed towards children. But you see, the gospel message is for all children, young and old. And if a seven-year-old can't understand the gospel message, neither can you. And I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you're really having a difficult time with all this Christian stuff. Maybe you just don't believe there's evidence enough to believe. Maybe you've experienced what is supposed to be followers of Christ and what is supposed to be the church of Christ. And you've experienced quite the opposite. You've experienced a group of people who bicker and stab each other in the back and who are out for their own good, who are all about themselves and could care less about the people outside the building. I've been there. I've been a part of that. I don't know where you're at. And it doesn't even matter where you're coming from. The power that lies in the Easter message can change everything for you today. And whether you know it or not, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you haven't allowed Christ to forgive you, And to come inside and be Lord of your lives. You are dead. Even though you are breathing. The hard truth. Is all of us. Have a time clock. On this earth. I just did a funeral Friday morning for a dear friend. 29 years old. We don't know. We have a time clock on this earth, but our spirit, our spirit will outlive our soul, our mind, our body, 
and our will. So we need to really understand the time is of the essence. And there is hope. And so I want to give you three points. And then we're going to close on out. Number one, by the goodness and the power of our resurrected king, the tomb is empty, ladies and gentlemen. And so by the power of the resurrected king, your dead spirit that is dead in sin can be awakened and come alive today. Colossians 2 says you were dead, say dead, because of your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive. Say alive. With Christ, for he forgave all your sins. Romans 8, 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you've accepted Jesus. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living inside of you. You see, when we believe that Jesus did come to walk our road of shame, to take our death penalty on the cross and to be buried in the ground for us. And he rose again to conquer it for us. When we believe that and we receive Jesus as Lord, meaning we put him as the first place in our lives, the only thing that can give us hope, the only thing that can save us. When we do that, It says his spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. We come alive. We come alive in our spirits. And we know that we will live on forevermore with Jesus Christ. So by the power and the goodness of our resurrected king, our dead spirits can come alive. And number two, our hopelessness for life after this can come alive. We don't have to question what's going to happen after this. Now, if you don't have Jesus, you need to ask that question right now. Because one day, the Bible even tells us that we will stand before God Almighty and we will have to give an account for our sin. And the punishment for sin is death and separation from God. But, and I love that word in the Bible, God gave us Jesus Christ. And I want to stand before him one day and Jesus step in front of me and say, Father, look at the cross. That is the penalty and that is the payment for my son and my daughter. And that's when he's going to say, my child, come, enter in the kingdom of heaven. Not because of what you've done. Not because something you can do to earn it. But just because it was given to you. As a gift. First Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Say living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For, it doesn't stop there. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you. By the goodness and the power of Jesus, our resurrected king, our dead spirit can come alive 
and our hopelessness for life after this can come alive. And finally, by the resurrected king, the goodness and the power of his resurrection, all things dead in your life can come alive. What is that for you? Is it a broken past? Is it broken relationships? Is it a broken heart? Is it broken choices and addictions and cravings and actions? Or is it wounds in your heart that keeps you dead inside? Romans 6 speaks life to this. And the worship team can come up as I speak. Romans 6 says this, And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So you should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to the power of God. Through Christ Jesus. We're going to sing a song in response before we go. And the words to the chorus, I hope, become life and reality to you as you leave. It says this, by your spirit, meaning the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit that we have access to through Jesus Christ. It says this, by your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name, Jesus, I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Today, whatever is dead in your life, including your spirit, if you don't have Christ, today, it can come alive by a free gift that was given to us around 2,000 years ago. I'm not going to guide you through a sinner's prayer because that is between you and God. But if for some reason you have never accepted Jesus and you want to come alive for the first time in your life and you want to have hope for life after this, and you want the things that are dead and decaying and smelling inside of you, then all you have to do is cry out to Jesus. That's all you have to do. It's three words. Jesus, save me. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If you make that your prayer today, I challenge you to tell somebody on this resurrection day that not only was Jesus resurrected from the grave, but your dead spirit has now been resurrected and coming alive. That is the greatest news. That is the greatest gift anyone could receive on Easter Sunday. And now, maybe you do have Christ. Maybe you are following him. And that doesn't mean that you have now a bed of roses type of life. You still have things in your life that are dead inside. 
I want you all to stand. And as we sing this song, I just want you to give everything that is dead in your life. Just lay it at the cross. Lay it at the empty tomb. And allow God to bring freedom into your life. Because he is resurrecting you and me this morning. That's good news. Let's sing.